السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين بإذن الله today we will be going over the 18th juz inshallah we will be looking at two of the stories one of them we will go into a bit more detail بإذن الله the 18th juz begins with Surah Al-Mu'minun, Allah Jalla wa'ala makes mention of Nuh alayhi salam in the beginning. Thereafter, he touches or he mentions in brief the story of Musa alayhi salam and some messages. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Sheikh? Alhamdulillah. 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 We hope everybody else who's also following, we hope they're all well, enjoying the month of Ramadan, getting ready for the last 10 days, inshallah. Yes. Yes, uh, now the last 10 days are on us, subhanAllah, very close. Very, very close. I think whilst we're close to the last 10 days, it's important to mention that in these last 10 days, Laylatul Qadr, as we know, and Allah knows best, but the more correct opinion is that any of these days could be Laylatul Qadr, odd nights or even nights. And the reason why we say even nights also is because in uh, some ahadith which are very authentic. In fact, when we look at these authentic ahadith, we find the Messenger وسلم, at his time, Laylatul Qadr occurred on one occasion as in Sahih al-Bukhari on the 21st. So it didn't occur on the 27th or the 29th. It was on the 21st. In some ahadith, it's mentioned also in Sahih al-Bukhari, 23rd. Other ahadith, it's mentioned that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, all authentic, look for it on the 27th, 29th. And in some ahadith, he says that when there's seven days remaining or five days remaining, now when you look at this, if the month is full and there's five days remaining, then you've got an even day. And if the month is full and you've got, if the month is not full, 29 days, and you've got five days remaining, then that's usually an odd day. So it could be on any of these days. So it's important for us to know, you know, some people, they wait for Laylatul Qadr thinking it's on the 27th only, and, and it could have passed on the 21st. Yes. Well, wallahi, I've always been under the impression that, uh, there is a possibility it's on any night, but there's more likelihood on the 27th. Is that true? There, there, there are hadith that speak about that more likely 27th, some say more likely 29th. But also from these authentic hadith, we see the Messenger وسلم, during his time when he lived, it also occurred on the 21st. So, yeah. yeah. Allah knows best. Yeah. It could be any of those days. And we should try our best. Remember, there's certain things that, that have been hidden from us for a reason. So, for example, the hour on Friday where a person who is making dua, his dua is accepted. Remember, this hour doesn't really refer to 60 minutes as we know it. An hour means a period of time in the context of the hadith. So when is that hour? Is it just before Asr? Is it when the imam goes on the mimbar? is more than 40 different opinions and one should try his best. Even when it comes to the night, we know that there is an hour or a period of time where dua is accepted. So sometimes these periods of time have been hidden away from us or we don't know 100% when they are and we are not sure about them. So that, you know, it's, it's fair for everybody to try their best, not only know that, you know what, at five o'clock or on the 27th, it's, you know, the Laylatul Qadr, so that's the day I'll do my 
Ibad and all the other days I would leave. Yes, yes, that that's true. We should uh, keep looking out for for the night and try and uh, make it come alive, like uh, the hadith says, with different ibadat, etc. <clears throat> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who make the most of that night. Shaykhana, today we've got the 18th juz. Allah jalla wa ala, he speaks about Nuh alayhi salam in the very beginning, the first few pages. We find Allah jalla wa ala speaks about the ark or the ship that Nuh alayhi salam was ordered to build. And then he tells him, Fasluk fiha min kullin zawjayn ifnayn. Basically telling Nuh alayhi salam to take from to, to take from, uh, you know, the pairs, male and female, could it be all the animals, whatever it may be, Allah Jalla wa'ala ordered him to take pairs of everything, male and female. I think what's interesting there is how, you know, Allah Jalla wa'ala orders him to take this male and this female in order for this life to be preserved. So you find that for those who say that these were all animals that he took male and female, Look at how, you know, a Nabi of Allah is being ordered to take these animals on board because the flood is going to come. And after this flood, you know, it subsides and everything, at least these animals can live and they would reproduce and they would carry on. So I think that is a, is a great sign to ponder over how Allah, he created everything in male and female and how it's important for us to preserve this life, human life, as well as you know, uh, when it comes to the animals, when it comes to what we allow to keep, etc. Yes, uh, that, that maintains the balance of life, I think, altogether as well. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created them for a reason. And uh, subhanAllah, that, that's an amazing uh, point that uh, was derived there by yourself. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, In huwa illa rajulun bihi jinnatun fatarabbasu bihi hatta heen. Uh, he's not but a man possessed with madness. So wait concerning a time for him, meaning wait for him to die. So they were literally accusing him of being mad, Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, and they were saying, wait for him to die. It doesn't matter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause uh, him to pass and then you will be rid of this person. So what's amazing is that they were waiting for him to die yet their time was before his. So we should never really assume that we know that we will live longer than another human being. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows who will live longer. And we should never make a bad dua for a person or wish them uh, bad in their lives. Because look at this Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is being saved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they die. Yet they were waiting for his death. Until a time comes uh, wherein he will be gone and his demise will be, you know, have, have come. So I think that's something that we can learn from. Yes, something we can definitely learn from. You know, sometimes we're waiting for everything else to happen to everybody else and then it happens to us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. Yes, obviously, I mean, death, nobody can run away from it, but we're talking also about calamities, we're talking about difficulties, waiting for it to befall this person, but. Uh, you know, the last or the next thing you know that it's happened to you. Moving on, we go to Surah An-Nur. This surah, a very amazing surah. Allah Jalla wa'ala mentions different things. An-Nur means the light. There's a lot of ahkam mentioned in this surah, halal and haram. 
More importantly, the story of Ifq is mentioned in the surah where Aisha radiallahu anha was accused of doing something she didn't do. And this carried on for a while. And it's been mentioned in detail, not only in the Quran, but also in the Sunnah, authentic ahadith in Sahih al-Bukhari and other books. We find Allah Jalla wa'ala, he addresses this issue. Remember Aisha radiallahu anha, as they went out in brief, when uh, she went out with the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam on one of these journeys for battle on the way back she lost her necklace and you know she remained looking for it those days the women used to be carried in a hodaj on the camel a hodaj is like a small housing so they would lift this and put it on the camel and aisha radiallahu anha says at the time that the women or the girls were very you know light whether you carried this hodaj and she was in it or not you wouldn't really know so they had put this on her camel and they went, not knowing that Aisha radiallahu anha was still there looking for this necklace that she had misplaced. Eventually the army left and she thought they would come to find her. So she went or she fell off to sleep. Eventually she says that she woke up by, you know, the takbir or tarji' of one of the sahaba radiallahu anhum, Safwan radiallahu anhu. And she says, you know, he didn't talk to me. He didn't do anything. I had covered up. And he just put the camel down and I rode on it. Basically, as we know, after the armies would pass and it's common practice with any big group, they leave one, two people behind to check that nobody's lost anything, misplaced anything, nobody's left anything behind. So the Sahabi was one of those. After he saw that Aisha radiallahu anha was there, immediately without saying any words, doing anything, he put the camel down and he and she jumped on and they eventually caught up with the army. When they reached the army, it was, you know, during the bright daylight and people who saw them, especially those who had mischief, those who had dirty hearts, immediately started, you know, making stories about Aisha radiallahu anha, saying that she did this and this happened, etc. When Aisha radiallahu anha says they reached Medina, you know, she settled and she says that I found something a little bit different, that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam was not like he usually is with me. He would come, he would ask, and then he would carry on. So the amazing thing or the sad thing is Aisha radiallahu anha herself didn't know what people were talking about. She says, I just noticed something strange, but I didn't know. She says after a while when she went out with one of the Sahabiyat, they were going out by Baqir. This Sahabiyah tells her that Mistah, one of her relatives, you know, she makes a dua against him, literally. So Aisha radiallahu anha says, how can you say that? And the, this uh, sahabiya says that, haven't you heard what he said? She then informs Aisha radiallahu anha about the whole story. And she then realizes that everybody's been slandering her and talking about her. Those who are talking, saying she did this, she did this. And that's why, you know, she hasn't found that kindness with the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then she asks to go to, you know, the house of her parents. And she's talking with her mother and her father. Eventually, she says that this carries on and it was difficult. And the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, would come, just ask a little bit about her and carry on. And Allah, jalla wa'ala, eventually, after so many days, reveals verses to show that Aisha, radiallahu anha, did not do anything wrong. He also reprimands those who ended up speaking about things they didn't know. This is a very you know, important story for us to read through, learn through. There's a lot of lessons we derive as Muslimin. And more importantly, 
we see the status of Aisha radiallahu anha. She was free from doing any wrongdoing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself from above the seven heavens. He is the one who, you know, gave her this bara'a, this freedom and said she is free from doing anything wrong. And we, these are verses of the Quran that we have to believe in. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, th th this is something where we can really uh, focus on this uh, issue because there are people who speak bad about her, who say that which is wrong. We never ever speak bad about Aisha radiallahu anha. And in fact, uh, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed verses regarding her innocence. So we should never speak bad about the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who is ultimately our mother. Uh, go on, Sheikh, you had a point? Yes, I think there's a few points in this surah. Firstly, Allah Jalla calls it Surah An-Nur, as we mentioned, the light. You know, he mentions so many sins that a person, if they commit, you find that that light will be taken away. He also mentions that he himself is Nur, Allahu Nur al-Samawati wal-Ard. He also says, وَمَن لَمْ يَجْعَلِ اللَّهُ لَهُ نُورًا فَمَا لَهُ مِن نُورًا Whoever Allah doesn't grant this light to, this understanding, this light in the heart, whether it's apparent light also, Allah knows best. Whoever Allah doesn't grant this to, they won't find any light. Getting back to the story of Ifq, where Aisha radiallahu anha was accused, Allah jalla begins by saying, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ جَاءُوا بِالْإِفْكِ عُصْبَةٌ مِّنْكُمْ لَا تَحْسَبُوهُ شَرًّا لَكُمْ بَلْ هُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ during this difficulty, hard time, Allah Jalla is giving glad tidings and saying that, you know, this that occurred, this whole, uh, you know, whatever happened, this accusation, this slander, don't think it's something bad for you. Rather, it's something good for you. Because through things like this, yes, there are difficulties. Allah raises people, you know, people are given that elevation. Look at Aisha radiallahu anha. Yes, it was a difficult time for a long time. But after that, she's elevated to a status where she wasn't at before. Before that, there was no Quran revealed when it came to Aisha radiallahu anha. Now there are verses revealed when it comes to Aisha radiallahu anha. So I think it's important, a life lesson we take from this is that sometimes you may go through difficulty for no, what you see as no apparent reason. You didn't do something wrong. It's just people you know, trying to get at you. It happened to the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it happened to the Sahabiyyat, and we should look at it, yes, it will be difficult. She mentions how difficult it was, but at the end of the day, inshallah, this will pass, and this is also for you to be elevated, bi'ithnillah. Yes, uh, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala also uh, says, إِذْ تَلَقَّوْنَهُ بِأَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَتَقُولُونَ بِأَفْوَاهِكُمْ مَا لَيْسَ لَكُمْ بِهِ عِلْمٍ That whilst you were saying it with your tongues, and you had accepted this as something normal with your tongues. And you were saying that which you had no knowledge of. That which you had no knowledge of. And you thought that this is something easy. Yet it is great with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what I find amazing is that they were speaking about the honor of Aisha radiallahu anha. The people who were spreading this rumor were speaking about the honor of Aisha radiallahu anha. Yet, we have the same situation and scenario today where people speak about other, other people's honor. Hey, you know, that person is doing this and doing that. Don't do this because you think it's something easy, something light. Yet it is 
very great with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes you, you see someone and they walking on the street and you make a, a comment, a bad comment about that person. Don't do that because you don't know where they are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what their status is, how their connection is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at the same time, you know, the fact that they're dressed that way doesn't mean that they are that type of a person. So it's important for us to derive uh, such benefits because you find that this is normal today in society. They use words like loose person or, you know, loose human. This is not something that a believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does, regardless of how that person is dressed or the way they are going about their lives. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us and to guide them as well. Uh, but at the same time, we, we don't make statements of this nature. It's actually very uh, a grievous sin to do something like this. Yes, and even when we look at the story of Aisha radiallahu anha, imagine for those who saw it, they saw something which they thought apparent, they came to their own conclusions. It's only because of wahi after that that we ourselves can see today the punishment these people were promised if they didn't make tawbah. Also, what actually occurred? Allah Jalla wa Ala says, "Lola is khayra." When something like that happens, one of the interpretations: Did the Muslimin or the believers not think of it when it came to this themselves and think of, you know, when it comes to themselves, they wouldn't do such a thing? What about Aisha radiAllahu anha? It's mentioned Abu Ayyub al Ansari radiAllahu anhu. He told his wife that, "Would you do such a thing?" And she said, "Of course not." And then he says that, so what do you think of Aisha radiallahu anha? She is even better. So sometimes, if, or in fact, all the time, if we want to give ourselves husnuddhan and think the best of ourselves, then it's important also when it comes to others, especially there's nothing, you know, concrete. Yes, you might have seen something and come up to your own conclusion. You might have seen two people, but you're not allowed to accuse anybody of doing anything. Yes, uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala later on even says, If they had uh, only come with four witnesses for that particular action. So how are you then judging, you know, based on flimsy rumors that are just passing around and people are just deciding for themselves and passing the rumor on? Very, very dangerous. And I think when something of this nature comes to us, we should cut it off there and tell the people that, listen, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this type of thing. We shouldn't be passing on this type of information, etc. Even if the rumors were true, for example, we, we wouldn't want to pass that on because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also talks about how those who love that uh, immorality spread amongst those who believe for them is a painful punishment in this dunya and in the akhirah. So uh, this is something that we really shouldn't be engaged in. We should try to preserve the honor of people and avoid the, uh, you know, letting out of their sins or exposing of their sins. You know, you mentioned such an important point. And in this story, there are so many points we can derive. Allah Jalla wa Ala mentions, if He says, if As you explain the verse, that you know people want to say things with their tongues, and you know they, they haven't even, they don't have evidence, they don't know what they're saying. Yes, this may be talking about Aisha radiallahu anha in this specific scenario, 
However, even when it comes to our day-to-day -day lives, you know, certain comments we throw out or judgments we pass, may Allah protect us and forgive us, but sometimes we just say certain things just like that, oh, this guy is like this and that person is like this, without any evidence. Yet in the verses after that, Allah says, وَلَوْلَا إِذْ سَمِعْتُمُهُ قُلْتُمْ مَا يَكُونُ لَنَا أَن نَتَكَلَّمَ بِهَذَا When you heard this, it was befitting for you or you should have said that, you know what? We shouldn't be talking about this. Subhanaka hadha buhdanun azim. This is big and great fabrication and a lie. In Sahih al-Bukhari, Aisha radiallahu anha, very long hadith, where she's narrating the whole story. She's saying exactly what happens. Towards the end, she says that Zainab bint Jahsh radiallahu anha, one of the wives of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam asks her about Aisha. What do you think? Did you see anything? And she says, you know, I'll protect my hearing and my eyesight and my tongue from saying anything. And Aisha radiallahu anha says because of her wara, because of this way she prevented herself, she was the one who was saved. She was one of the people who were saved. Where others, meaning, and they fell down, where people were punished and it became apparent that they had made up a lie. So it's important for us to protect our tongues. Don't just pass everything around. In other hadith, the Messenger وسلم, mentions that there is a great punishment for the one who tells a lie. And on top of it, this lie reaches, you know, it reaches everywhere. And especially with social media today, you know, you know one message and the whole world knows about something which you may have made up. Allahu Akbar, yeah, that's some serious uh, warnings here, there from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he also mentions, you know, with your tongues. That's something that's uh, interesting. Why does he talk about the tongues? Because, you know, the wagging of your tongue is very easy for you to do, but the detriment that can come from that is, is great. Uh, you thought it was easy because to speak is easy. It's easy to pass on a message, to just say anything, to forward a message. It's very easy. So with your tongue, what you say, it can be very easy and simple, but yet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's very great. So I think the tongue also is, is something that uh, we really need to harness in and think before we say something. You know, it's easy to say something that can cause your own destruction and detriment as well. It's very, very, very important for all of us and for what we may have said before, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and grant us the ability to, you know, harness and keep this tongue where we only say that which is benefit, that which is of benefit. That's why the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam says that, you know, when it comes to speaking, either say something which is good or keep quiet. We need to train ourselves. Sometimes we, in a conversation or in a place where we're not really saying anything good, but we're neither saying something wrong or haram. We're just saying something that's permissible, this, this, this. However, you find a lot of times when you carry on with this, shaitan comes, you know, he whispers whether it's to yourself or somebody else, and he, you end up bringing somebody else, you end up talking about this one, especially during the month of Ramadan, you end up seeing that you waste your time, you waste your deeds. You know, just keep quiet. If you're in a place where there's so many people, you can't really say much, at least you keep quiet. Don't add to this fire. If you're able to you know, excuse yourself, excuse yourself and move. Or if you're able to actually tell them that, you know what, what you're saying here is wrong, you shouldn't be talking about that, then that is a, a higher level altogether.
Yes, absolutely, uh, Sheikhna. Um, there was one point that I wanted to raise about where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala speaks, uh, and He says, "Wala ulul fadli minkum and those who are of favor and wealth, they should not make an oath. And yuktu ulil qurba wal yatama wal masakin, and yuktu ulil qurba wal masakin wal muhajirin fi sabilillah that they may give the poor people and those who are close to them and the muhajirin in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and let them uh, forgive each other and pardon each other uh, do you not want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do you not love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you so and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most forgiving and most merciful. You see, they say that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu used to spend on one of his relatives and this relative ended up speaking bad about his own daughter. So he stopped and he said, look, I won't spend on this man again. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed verses saying that the, the people of honor and the people of wealth, they shouldn't actually say such type uh, such things so it's important for us to realize that what other people do it's it's not in our control we can't control what they do but we can control what we are doing and that is if you're doing something good to a person yes it's normal and natural sometimes for you to uh, get angry when they've done something against you but if they're good people and they've done something wrong uh, forgive them and let them let it go and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you. Do you not love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives you? Uh, I think what's of importance also in this is to remember that sometimes the wrong thing that they may have done to us, it's possible that we can also do it to another human being. So the fact that they're human, they've slipped up, they've made a mistake, then forgive and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you. And, you know, sleeping with this uh, heart at ease where you hold no grudges against anyone is something of absolute uh, you know benefit to a human being not only benefit but you you'll find yourself really and truly wealthy within your heart where you're just at, at peace with everyone i have nothing against anyone i hold nothing we make dua for you the people who hate you and carry on and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you so much contentment and and peace in your life Yes, most definitely, as you mentioned, that this peace and contentment, you have to let go. There's this, you know, it ends up eating you if you carry on holding on to these things. So as you mentioned, you have to let go. Allah will forgive you and you also forgive. Sometimes somebody comes to you, they know they've done wrong. They're asking you, you know what, pardon me, forgive me. Let's move on. Yes, we're not saying don't be careful, but, you know, you can forgive still. So that's a very important point. Shaykhana, there's a lot that can be mentioned when it comes to this story and this surah in particular. Look at, uh, previously we spoke about Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, the best of companions, the best person to walk the face of this earth after the messengers or the anbiya. Now we're speaking about his daughter Aisha radiallahu anha. Again, the most beloved to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he was asked who is the most beloved to you. And we look at this house or this family of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, a house full of iman and belief and people who were at the highest level. The whole house was, you know, they believed. His father was a believer, he himself, his daughter, you know, his son and 
a lot of other people in his family. So it's important for us. Yes, we read the seerah, we read the Quran, but also we should read about these people. Yes, absolutely. We can learn so much from them. I mean, even just uh, the story where Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhu, uh, he, he starts spending on this family member of his again. It, it just teaches us so much and how he would uh, free the slaves, etc. You know, subhanAllah, he was a person who had a beautiful heart and he would, he would spend of the goodness uh, that, that he had. Jeffrey, you know, what's interesting, it's just coming to my mind now, is let's say somebody has spoken bad of somebody else, you know, backbiting, or, you know, you said something wrong. The scholars mention how to then, you know, rectify this. Obviously, you make your istighfar. Remember, whenever there's a sin to do with somebody else, it's, there's two things involved. Because Allah has prohibited you from doing it, there's that part. So you have to ask Allah for forgiveness. And because there is, you know, something to do between yourself and another human being, you also, or they also have to pardon you and forgive you. The scholars mention very interesting points let's say i've spoken bad about you for example they say yes if you're able to you know the person you know how they are you go to them you apologize and you can even tell them that you know what i said you don't have to go in all detail you just say you know i spoke bad about you on this occasion or this happened please forgive me that's a way of doing it another way or added to that not another way added to that you make dua for this person ask allah to forgive them you know, sometimes you can do a good deed. You give a sadaqah and intend it for this person. What happens if you've spoken bad of somebody else and you know that if you go to this person now, you know, it may cause an even bigger problem. I, let's say I come to you and I say, you know what, on such and such a day, I said this about you, I spoke bad about you. And let's say it's going to cause an even bigger problem. And, you know, it will cause so much hatred between us that never existed before. Here, a few scholars mention that if this is the case, then yes, make a lot of dua for this person. Ask Allah to forgive them. Ask Allah to forgive you. Try and do good deeds, you know, with the intention of it being on their behalf, whether it's giving a sadaqah, etc. And in this case, you don't really have to go and tell them. If You don't even have to address the topic. Unless, you know, just generally you say, you know, may Allah forgive you and forgive me and you carry on. Because we we being practical here, there's certain times or certain people who you can't address, or let's say they've passed away, or they're in a place on the other side of the world where you're not going to meet them again, or you, you saw somebody walking on the street, you don't know who they are, and you just threw a word at them. So it's important to mention this, I think. And this is obviously one opinion of the scholars. It makes a lot of sense. And wherever you're able to actually do it in person, that's obviously better. A very balanced opinion, I think, very, very balanced, because it explains the different scenarios and situations. So not always will you just uh, do a good deed on their behalf or give a sadaqah or make dua, but in certain situations, maybe you, you have to do that, where the person has passed on, there's no a possibility of you addressing them, etc. Or like you mentioned, it's worse for you to go to them where it will cause a bigger problem and end up uh, causing uh, more problems than uh, benefit. So I think it's a very balanced uh, opinion. Uh, and, and, and I think that's the, the, the best way to go ahead with uh, something like this. And it's very practical as well. You know, people can really uh, implement this in their lives. Uh, there, there's a sister here who was saying that she forgave 
the, 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 the person that she hated and it's really given her a lot of peace, etc. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase her in that. Amen. Shaykhana, is there anything else you'd like to uh, mention when it comes to this story or this surah? You know, uh, previously, if, if you don't mind me going back uh, a little bit to the story of Nuh alayhi salatu wassalam, where he says, وَأَوْحَيْنَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْهِ أَنْ يَصْنَعِ الْفُلْكَ بِأَعْيُنِنَا وَوَحْيِنَا فَإِذَا جَاءَ أَمْرُنَا وَفَارَدْتَ النُّورِ so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we inspired to him, uh, we inspired him to build the ark with our or under our observation or with our eyes, so to speak. These are the words that are used by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with our eyes and with our inspiration. Now, here the ark was saving the uh, mu'mineen and the believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And previously, earlier on in the 12th Jews, uh, we find that there's the son of Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, and he's saying, Sa'awi ila I'll take refuge in a mountain that will protect me from the water. And Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam says, La min There's no protector from the uh, matter or command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala today. So here we have a, a mount that this one, this uh, son of Nuh والسلام, wanted to take refuge in and we have the ark that Nuh والسلام, wanted to take refuge in and the difference between the two is that one is with the uh, inspiration of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the other one is without the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yet the other one if we look at it it's a mountain it's huge it's powerful. If you look at an ark and you take a look at a mountain, you'd probably say the mountain is greater. But because the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was with Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam and with the ark, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved them through this means. So means are only uh, something very small. It's, it's part of the equation, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do away with those means and he can make something that is smaller much you know of much more benefit uh, if we are to actually take hold of it and to 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 believe in uh, the, the the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to hold on to his uh, you know lifeline so to speak ultimately it's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he is the one who decides he is the one who gives he is the one who you know he gives some and he doesn't give others and he is the one who saves who he wishes and as you mentioned, this ark, Allah Jalla wa'ala inspired Nuh alayhi salam, instructed him to build it. And again, he's humble, he's following the command of Allah, not like his son who says that I'll just run away from it, climbing up this mountain. Yes, absolutely. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala benefit us all. Ameen, ameen. Shaykhana, I think maybe one last point we can touch on in Surah An-Nur. Again, it's important for us to read through it. Allah Jalla wa'ala then speaks about you know how the believing men believing women should protect their eyesight and the way they should you know interact and be when you your appearance etc allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about that and at the end of the verses where he's calling us to lower our gaze lower our eyesight he says basically and all of you should make tawbah and ask allah to forgive you if you are believers, so that you may be successful. Some of the scholars derive from this 
that you know the eyesight especially those alhamdulillah you can see you see things you know you may see something that's wrong it's it happens immediately make tawbah and ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you because here this tawbah or this order is given to all the believers the believing men and the believing women so if anything happens you know what make tawbah ask allah to protect you and remember this eyesight is you know one of the first things when you see something that's wrong eventually you know it works in your mind but then it carries on going throughout the body as mentioned in the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and eventually the private part is what you know the person actually does this evil deed or not we ask allah to protect us so it's very important to read through the surah read about this protect yourself and allah will grant you that nur and light Yes, absolutely, absolutely, 100%. Sheikh, I think uh, that's that's all I have for today. Anything else? No, Jazakallah Khair, much appreciated. I mean, but yeah, inshallah, tomorrow we move on to the 19th juice. There's a lot of stories in the 19th juice. The Ibnillah will touch on them. I think one interesting story in that juice is the story of the ant with Sulaiman alayhi salam. The Ibnillah will touch on that tomorrow. We ask Allah Jalla wa ala to grant us all goodness. Ameen. Shaykhana, inshallah, we see you tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalamu wa barakatuh.